and welcome to the latest instalment of the Our History Podcast. I work here at the Carlton Football Club as a media presenter and host. Throughout the coming months, I will host a series of Our History Podcast episodes that will take you on a journey through the years at this famous club. We will be exploring the games, the people and the history-making moments that define the Carlton Football Club. Today, we go back to one of the most celebrated chapters in Carlton's history, the 1968 Grand Final. I'm your host, Lucy Jamison. This is Our History, 1968. There's no better place to start than 50 years ago. As the Blues prepare to face a nemesis, the Bombers, in round eight of the 2018 Premiership season, the same two teams were rearing to battle it out a half century ago in the 1968 Grand Final. Carlton versus Essendon the match that would cement the two Melbourne teams as enemies for years to come. Essendon won the toss, and their captain Don McKenzie chose to kick with the win to the scoreboard end. Michael Williamson bidding a welcome to the grand final 1968, Carlton versus Essendon. Your field umpire in the centre of the screen is umpire Jeff Crouch, about to bounce the ball, waiting to see all players in position. And here we go for the 68 grand final. Jeff Crouch moving into the centre. He bounces the ball. The Ruckman move in. Trick McKenzie's up there. The Bombers scored the first major of the match, but by the time the siren blew to signal the end of the first term, just a point separated the two teams, with Carlton in the lead. Robinson takes his kick. It's a good one. Oh, it's about 20 yards out from the goal square. Up they go. The ball is knocked to the ground. Picked up by Williams. There's a siren for quarter time. And what a hectic quarter it's been with the scoreboard reading. Essendon 2-1-13. Carlton 2-2-14. What a time in the 1968 Grand Final. Dennis Minari played in the forward line on the day. He recalled the moment he found out he would play in the Blues Grand Final side. I did, I injured my knee, I think I think it was the second last home and home game. And um, obviously I missed that game and I missed the, the following game. And then we made the first semi-final, I think it was the, you know, the fall back in those days. Um, and I, I didn't pass the the fitness test for the I was picked in the team but I didn't pass the test on the Saturday morning or whatever so I I had to pull out obviously um, and then Tony was saying earlier that he thinks that Ian Nickel took my, my position uh, now I don't know whether Ian played I can't remember whether he played poorly or whether he got injured I can't recall <coughs> and um, so Ian uh, like I said I'm not sure whether he got injured or, or whether he, he got dropped I've got a suspicion that he might have got injured I think Gags told me that he might have been injured so, but what I do recall was Jack uh, Rowdy came up to me straight after the game in the rooms. You know, I was in the rooms with the rest of the team, obviously. And uh, Jack came up to me and basically said, "Look, you're playing on, you're playing in the grand final. You know, you got two weeks to get yourself fit." Like, yeah, those words still ring in my ear even to today. So maybe Ian was, maybe he was injured. You know. Um, so for the next two weeks, I mean, all I did was, was you know, train and kick the footy and run up and down hills and, you know, I'd, I'd go down to Coburg, down the Coburg Lake down there and I'd run down the hill, you know, it was about a 150 metre run and I'd run up it again and I'd do it 20 or 30 times, you know, all part of the extra training that I felt that I had to do and a lot of ball work and so on. Yeah, so I got myself reasonably fit, you know, for the game I and mean, I was pretty anxious. I was very anxious up until uh, uh, leading into the game. Ian Collins was positioned in the back line on the day. He recalled the feeling of running out onto the MCG on grand final day. It's something you'll never, it's very hard to put into words, but something you'll never forget. Uh, 
it was running down the race and uh, going through the banner and uh, just the roar of the crowd and it's not like today where you go out and experience the feeling uh, uh, of having a warm-up and doing all that uh, in those days you weren't allowed to do that any warm-up you had was in the it was in the in the change rooms and uh, you just hit the ground and uh, you ran about half a half a lap before your uh, feet touched the ground so it was, uh, you know, pretty euphoric and uh, it's something that's very hard to describe. In hard there to Collins. Collins races away with it. They're playing on at all costs, Carlton. Out towards the centre wing position. A chance for Quirk to mark it up. Pretty, uh, pretty uh, dour side, I thought. Uh, you know, there's arguments that uh, you're probably as good or better sides around. Uh, Geelong were a very good side. Um, you know, St Kilda had been handy. Uh, Richmond were coming good, and Essendon were a good side as well. So, uh, but you know, we were probably uh, as aggressive side as any going around. And uh, of course, um, you know, when you think that we had, you know, Jezelinko and Nichols and uh, players like that, uh, you know, Gouldy was a great centre half back, and we had a, a centre line that probably could match the best. And you know, at that stage, it was sort of Burke Clay and uh, uh, and. Um, um, uh, Barrett, uh, who were terrific, but we had our own in Quirk, Quirk, uh, Croswell, and um, and Crane. So you know we we could match it. Carlton kicking areas. to the scoreboard and newsstand, and up they go. The ball hits the ground, knocked away here. A chance uh, by Crane. Crane kicks forward. Here's a go. It bounces. It's bounced through almost. Yes. It's oh, a lucky football, but well, that was a very lucky one. Now that gives Carlton one point lead. We had a reasonably good side. Um, 67 there's no doubt uh, we bombed out there when we should have gone further um, we were five or six goals up to Geelong at half time and uh, Sherrick cut loose and no one wanted to man him up and uh, and the rest is history so we missed out there so we determined to do better in in uh, 68 and uh, you know it'd been 21 years since uh, we'd won one and uh, I think it was very very pleasing because it did break the drought and from that came uh, a lot of other premierships that uh, uh, sort of flowed on. And, uh, but it was special, that one, because of the length of time before 21 years. And, you know, to beat Essendon, which was better again because they'd knocked us off in 62, uh, for those that had played, uh, that was a good uh, response, even though, uh, you know, it was a hot, windy day. And, uh, you know, uh, Bleth a fellow by the name of Bletham kicked four goals and, uh, and they kicked more goals than we did. And... Uh, and we got up. Adrian Gallagher was the man with the ball in his hands as the siren blew to end that fateful match. He recalled the horrible conditions that met the two sides on that September day. It was uh, just so blustery that that northerly, it was a warm day, and that northerly wind where uh, the MCG it was going everywhere. It didn't go in one direction. You know, it was just wind gust every, everywhere. Well, Butch, I agree with your remarks earlier about these choppy conditions. It's, uh, it, this could spoil a tremendous game of football today with the conditions like they are. The wind is not favouring either end really, but as you suggested, it's going to be easier to score at the scoreboard end. And Gallagher fooled his opponent then. He passes to Kikovic. Kikovic in a lot of trouble. Oh, did they hit him, but he gets through. And actually, the, uh, 
it was the first and one. It's the only time ever that the the winning sides kick less goals than the losing side. You know, it's an interesting little stat. Kane manages to get the ball out. It's over here towards Gallagher. He kicks out towards Kekovic. Kekovic tries oh, to mark. He's, he's going to get the free. He's playing it in the back. And the four goals that Brian Kekovic uh, kicked from full forward. I mean, can never be underestimated. I mean, he's kicked kicked one from uh, about fifty yards out down towards the. Uh, the Richmond, uh, the punt road end, and it was a <clears throat> went it went uh, moved more than uh, Massey's, uh, you know, bowling it, <laughs> bowling over at Lords, uh, but it went through. Well within kicking distance too. Now Kekovic, usually a pretty accurate kick. Tell you what, are we in for a feast of football here? This is going to be nip and tuck all day. I would agree with you, Mike. The way it's opened this first quarter has been a great start to the 68 grand final. Kekovic 50 yards out, at only a slight angle. Up he comes, left boot into it. It's on its way, it's swinging across, it looks good. It's through. Carlton back in front. The thing about 68 was that 21 years, <clears throat> 21 years, I mean, I was 22. We were around, you know, Jones and Jesus and all us, we were around 22. So we. I mean, the thing that I noticed and was magnificent to play, but it was the, the enjoyment the people got out of it, or the Carlton supporters, you know. And look, uh, you know, and how many people would say to you, you know, like we've waited that long. <laughs> this is magnificent. And really, that that was the thing I remember of '68, is the supporters and the people you knew, you know, the Carlton people, just saying. How good it was, how good it was, you know. Unanimously agreed upon as one of football's greatest players, John Nichols' presence in the 1968 grand final team undoubtedly played an enormous role in Carlton's triumph. This is going to be a fantastic battle of, of uh, uh, competition with the Ruckman, Nichols and McKenzie. There they are, number two, Nichols, 24, McKenzie. Nichols gets a tap down here. Nichols gets a tap out here, taken by Gallagher. See Nichols shepherd there beautifully for Gallagher to get his kick on the member stand side. Nichols gets a tap down, taken here by Collins, a back pocket player for the Blues. He gets his kick up towards a wing position on the member stand side. Players come out to meet it. Fordham has the opportunity there. In they come, it's taken here by Jessalenko. Beautiful football across the cross Nichols is here. Oh, cleverly he knocks it out too and got one for his corner. The three-time Premiership captain recalled how it felt to break Carlton's 21-year-long drought. Look, I think after 68, you know, 21 years since the flag, to come back to the social club, which had been fairly new, come back to the social club that night and see all the old Carlton supporters, you know, that have been in this drought for 20 odd years, have no premierships, to see how happy they were. That was probably one of the great ones. As each member of the Blues' grand final team ran out onto the MCG that September day, they were well aware that Carlton hadn't won a premiership in 21 years. But with Melbourne recruited coach Ron Barassi at the helm, skipper John Nichols would lead out a team that would manage to sink the Bombers. And that they did, by a narrow three points. Row in now on the centre wing with a time ticking away in the 68 grand final. McKenzie and Nichols, they punched it over towards Davis. McKenzie takes it, the kick smothered. He tries the net wrestle. The net for McKenzie. Siren's gone. The siren's gone, has it? Yes. Look at this. We couldn't hear the siren. Carlton, our premiers. 8-5-53, Essendon, Carlton, 7-14-56. Carlton, our premiers. And look at this. Look at it. 21 years since a premiership. 
Butch, what can you say? Oh, it was a tremendous effort, Mike. They could have lost it to in the finish. Two points only the, to win a premiership after all that striving. Carlton had ended the drought and signalled the start of a new period of success for the old dark navy blues. And now Barassi's been hoisted. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Barassi's not going to be uh, going round the ground. Now, this is all before the presentation of the cup. And uh, Jones has got Barassi up on his uh, own uh, shoulders. And he's a very strong fellow. They're going to try and hoist John Nichols. Well, this will be something. Uh, Barassi and Nichols are being hoisted. And they're coming back. Ken Fraser coming around in front of the members' stand. Uh, everybody uh, clapping, cheering. It's a, it's a big thing. 3KZ captured the excitement in the Carlton rooms following the game. Well, Big John is holding the cup up. The VFL cup up with champagne in it and uh, at the moment is having a, a drink out of it but Dennis getting back to it it must have been a very very wearing game a very wearing day um, I think we're, we applied a bit too much pressure for them towards the end they were a little bit tight after the previous two games and a little bit fresh and we come out on top how'd you feel yourself after the game alright a bit tired a little bit disappointed about my, my own performance but as far as the team's concerned very happy it's a wonderful feeling it is tremendous. Ron's done a tremendous job Yes, brilliant coach. That's right. Wes, direct on air, mate. Full back, Wes Lofts. How's that? Oh, it feels absolutely wonderful. I thought, thought the sign was never going to go. That seemed to be getting further and further away, didn't well, it? Well, it did seem to be, but after playing for nine years now, I can tell you this is the most beautiful experience and makes it all worthwhile. It's beautiful. Ronnie's done a wonderful job with the team. He has done tremendous effort, both Ronnie and Big Nick. That's they've right. both shared the burden and been tremendous leaders, both of them. You uh, raised the eye of the crowd a few times today. Do worry you much? Not at all, because I feel <laughs> that we're out there after... If we've waited for 21 years, we're not going to let a few things like that stop us, believe me. That's right, Wes. Well, uh, thank you for those words, and I can see you're going to celebrate with the champagne. Good, thank you very much. OK. There's champagne flowing like water around here. John, I'll make it brief. I know that you're very tired. Congratulations on a wonderful effort yourself. We're direct on air from the dressing rooms, and uh, it must be a wonderful feeling for yourself. Right, John party. Nichols. Fantastic, Rod. I'm tremendously proud of our boys, particularly... I'm proud for, not only for myself but their sake but for the club because we've got a tremendous loyal bunch of supporters and hard-working committee men and it's, I think it's their, their tremendous work has brought this home at last after such a long time and I'm, as I said before, I'm very, very proud of the boys. Well, I didn't think either side played particularly well but we had our noses in front all day and they hung on for a very deserving win. John, it must have been very grueling on the ground, the conditions very hot, a big crowd and uh, the ground would be pretty tough I'd say. Well, it was very tough, one. Right, uh, then, well, congratulations for a wonderful game again yourself and uh, celebrate well tonight, will you? I think we will, yes, Rod. <laughs> right, eh, John? Thanks very much. John Nichols speaking to us then. Former Carlton Premiership Bentley, coach, the, uh, Percy Bentley. Careful, mate, you're on air direct. How does it feel after 21 years, Percy? Well, it's been a long time. 21 years is a long time, and I, I really think we deserve to win this year. After all, we've... Uh, uh, we have played very, very well this year, had a fantastic year. Uh, the boys were, took a long time to settle down today. They missed a lot of opportunities which could have uh, had the game well won. But well, still, congratulations to Essendon, they fought it right out. Uh, and our boys stuck it out, and I congratulate them heartily. They thoroughly deserved the remedy. How'd you like to have been out there playing yourself today? It's been pretty hard and warm, hasn't it? Well, it, it, it was it, uh, that gusty wind. I think they're the worst possible conditions you can play under. Yes, uh, swirling, gusty winds. Uh, if it's raining or up the ground, it's different games. 
but today was a bad day for players. But I congratulate from both sides, and now we've won the Premiership, the boys deserve it. It'll be a wild old town and count in the night, Perth, won't it? Well, yes, it'll be wild. <laughs> <laughs> Wherever you are, it's always wild. That was Perth Bentley, one of the uh, well-known identities of the Carlton Football Club. Right. Defender, John well, how does it feel now, John? It's worth it, the, the six months of effort? I'd say it's six months of effort. It's a wonderful feeling. It's a rod. It takes a while to sort of absorb it all, I think. But uh, it's a wonderful thing for Ron Brassie. He's yes. a fantastic man, and the whole Carlton committee, I've never seen such a dedicated club and effort, and the way the players have but really in the last six or seven weeks just literally lived for this game today. I think it's full credit to them and I think it showed out in the last quarter the way they stuck on and held their guns even when I think we had a lot of bad luck in kicking for goal and it broke a lot of, I think it broke the backline hard at time there when we thought goals were going through and every time that one finger would come up but it was a terrific effort by the team. The conditions out there as we've mentioned so many times during that, it must have been very very hard to gauge the ball. It was terribly hard, it, uh, I think this, this really affected the game because a lot of players have got good ball good ball sense and judgment that you thought you had it and the wind would just swing it one way or it would just go over your head or then it would drop back it was not a straight wind to any particular position it just swirled it was like little whirlwinds so woolly woolies all day and it really did affect the game it made it very hard to play under I'll tell you what the, old, the skipper did a wonderful job Big John oh, he played a great game I thought the, I thought Alex Jezelenko John Nichols oh, no Gary worries. Crane all these boys you know and the players who were down in the first half lifted their game in the second half and did a great job it was a great team effort I thought and yeah. not to deny Essendon's effort either, the way they came back. It wasn't what you'd call good football at any stage during the day. There, there were some flashes of good football, but it was... Uh, uh, it was, it was very hard to play good football. That's right. It was, it was extremely hard to, to get... I mean, every time you thought you could start to get the ball going, bad bounces and this wind all day. It really did upset the whole game. I came in at half-time, and that second quarter was a horror stretch. I just couldn't get near the ball at all. It was just, you thought you had it, and it ran away. It was, it was incredible. John, could it be the start of uh, a revitalised Carlton Club? Do you think you can go on? When you work it out, people have come up with this argument all the time that you've done it through sheer doggedness getting there this year. But this is not particularly true because there's many brilliant players on the side and you've got players sitting on the bench. You've got fellas people, you know, people, uh, We hope that uh, people still say that all the critics and the other clubs will think that Carlton were lucky to win this game today, win the premiership. Because I tell you what, if they'd like to pick, pick the eyes in the Carlton team, there's about eight or nine really brilliant players that walk into any other team. And the other players around them are very good players as well. They're certainly not poor players, and they'd get into most other league sides, that's for sure. That's We've right. got a good build-up, and then Sidney Jackson and Bert Thorne are coming to the well, side next year. This will add another two brilliant players, and I, th I think it all goes well for Carlton for the future. How many more years than yourself? I don't know, but I'm getting a bit older. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> it's when you get to my age, you start to worry about that. John, congratulations anyhow. Thanks very much for the words. We'll see if we can just hear these words. There's the cup being held up. Serge, Serge Silvani just coming past. I might be able to get a quick word with Serge. Serge, we're on the end of the I better warn you just before you uh, say anything. How does it feel? Hasn't registered yet. Like Hasn't it? I'm still pretty numb. Uh, congratulations on your game. Uh, what about next year? Well, I'll think about next week's game in Adelaide, but that's as far enough ahead of looking well, That's right, I forgot about the game next week. That's right, there's one there. Uh, do you think you can win that incidentally? Well, depends how we pull up. And <laughs> 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 a wild old time tonight, won't it? Blues acting skipper Patrick Cripps will lead his team out on Saturday against the Bombers, a half century after Nichols did the same for the Navy Blues in the Premiership match. I spoke with Cripps about the milestone game. Yeah, look, it's obviously a massive honour to just be captain uh, by Merce out, so uh, it's pretty exciting to leave the boys out, but um, look, to play against Essendon any time, um, 
really big game. Obviously, the four big clubs you always play against a big supporter group, so excited to get out there against the Bombers and um, have a good run around. This was our history, 1968. History podcast instalment, where we revisit a two-month period in 1979 that took the club on highs and lows like it had never seen before. Our History is a production of Carlton Media. It is produced and hosted by me, Lucy Jamison. The interviews with Dennis Minari, Ian Collins, Adrian Gallagher and John Nichols were conducted by Carlton Football Club historian and journalist Tony DeBolfo. The songs Let It Be and Probing Brief were used in this episode, thanks to Audio Network. Credit is given to 3KZ for the post-match coverage used in this episode. And credit is given to the AFL and Channel 7 for the use of the 1968 BFL Grand Final broadcast commentary. 